Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. So, freedom is a process. Amanda said it last night, and it's very true. It's a process that we are all on. The transformation that God takes us through doesn't completely finish until we see him. And when we see him, it's all perfect. And I can't wait. Well, there's some things to do, so I can wait. There are times in our freedom process that we have a powerful encounter with God, where things are broken and we've got, we've got um, ministry space at the end of our day where we are going to invite you up here so that if you need to, you can have a powerful encounter with God where things are broken, if they need to be. Where he moves for us. And I've had that happen in my life many times. At other times, our freedom process is just a decision to keep turning up. It's a decision to keep making the right choice and to keep walking and to keep moving forward. Freedom necessitates that we move forward. And it's in that space that we find ourselves in a new place of freedom as we keep going. My message this morning is called Transition because I believe that there are some of you here today and you... You are in a place and you need to move forward. You are standing at a gateway and God wants you to walk through it. Transition means movement. It means passage. It means change from one position to another. Some seasons, sometimes, God leads us and moves us into places that we don't necessarily want to go. Has anyone found that? I have found that. We might call them a wilderness season. Hosea says this, but then I will win her back once again. And I will lead her. Isn't it interesting who's doing the leading here? It's not the devil, it's God. He says, and I will lead her into the desert. Thanks, God. (laughs) And I will speak tenderly to her. In that place, God wants to speak tenderly to you. And I will return her vineyards to her. Don't mind a bit of red. Don't mind a bit of oil, olive oil. I will return that, that oil. I will return the flow to her and transform her and transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. What a beautiful picture. I will transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. 
And she will give herself to me there as she did long ago when she was young, when I freed her from her captivity in Egypt. When that day comes, says the Lord, you will call me my husband instead of my master. Our God. He is our master, but he is more than that. He is the lover of our soul. You know, I read that scripture one time at one one season in my life and as I read it I just started crying and I don't cry a lot but I started crying because God was saying come on off we go and I said God I really don't like the look of that because it looks dry and it looks barren and it doesn't look like a beach which is what I love but Jesus knows that I'm sacrificing that for him by living in this city. (laughs) Yes, it's a big sacrifice, but. But he says, come on. And he speaks tenderly to our heart. And he rearranges some things. And he, he takes some things away from us that we never needed. And then he gives us back fresh wine and oil. And he transforms us in that place. And when he's done, there is a transformation. There is a transition out of the valley of trouble into a ga- right there to the gateway of hope. It's a transition and a transformation. See, we don't stay in the valley of trouble. We aren't meant to stay there. We aren't meant to live there. We aren't meant to set ourselves up there. We're meant to keep walking through that place to the gateway of hope. And sometimes we can find ourselves trapped in the valley of trouble. And as I was praying, I thought, I felt like God's, there are some, there are some women here today and you feel like you are trapped in the valley of trouble. And I can tell you now, I saw chains fly away. I saw bondage go from your life today. Today in Jesus' name, because today is the day where things will shift and change for you. You're coming out of the valley of trouble and you are standing right there at the gateway of hope. Hope. Hope is a positive expectation of good. Hope looks forward, not backward. Hope moves us into our future. There is good. There is grace. There is opportunity. There is hope for every one of us. And he brings us to the gateway of hope and he says, here you go. It's time to transition. It's time to move. This current season is done. Now this morning I'm speaking to those of you here who are on the precipice of moving into your new season, but there are some things that are keeping you from fully, fully transitioning into that new space. You see, I think that the wilderness quite often is about two things. It's about stripping things away from us that we don't need anymore, and it's about surrender. And if we're not careful, we can get to our gateway of hope We can get to our time of transition, to our new season, having left some things in the wilderness that we had no business leaving there. Let me explain to you what I'm talking about. I believe that there are some women here today and you are in this space and you've forgotten some very important things. I've already said that the wilderness 
is a time of stripping away things that we don't need anymore. But sometimes when God takes things away, if we are finding our value in them, we can think our value and our worth is gone. If I don't have that, then what do I have? If I don't have them, if I don't have that, then who am I? You know, I believe there's uh, a mother here today and your children have, um, they've grown up and you are feeling like there's nothing left for you because they've, they've left, they've moved on and you're feeling like there's nothing left. God has a new season for you. He has a new assignment for you. He has a new thing for you to do and to achieve. You know, God takes things away because he wants us to know that those things don't define us. They never did. And he wants us to know that we are valuable with or without them. With or without them. There have been so many times in my journey different roles, different things that I've been doing that God has said, okay, it's time to put that down. It's time to put that down. I remember um, leading worship years ago in Canberra at the Albert Hall. Who knows the Albert Hall? Yeah, we were at the Albert Hall. We had Pastor Phil Pringle and I was leading worship and I was chatting with him after and he said this. He said, so Mel, that, um, that season of leading worship seems to have finished. Ouch! I mean, he was right, you know, so I might have held on a little bit longer than I should have. (laughs) And so, yeah, he said, I see um, a shift in the anointing. (laughs) Because I had struggled, you know, if if I'm not the worship leader, who am I? Well, we can do that with anything. I mean, I'm just telling you my story. Now I just get up and do the fun bit at the end. They do all the hard work. It's awesome. I should have done it years ago. (laughs) When we lose ourselves in a position or a role or an activity or a person and we hide behind it and we think we have value because of it and we think that without it we have nothing, then if we aren't careful we can forget who we really are and before we know it we've given up our spiritual position and we've despised our birthright. I want to read, read to you from Genesis 25. One day when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness exhausted and hungry. Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. This is how Esau got his other name, Edom, which means red. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. Look, I'm dying of starvation. What good is my birthright to me now? And Jacob said, first you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath there by selling all his rights as the firstborn to his brother Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. He ate the meal, got up and left. He showed contempt for his rights as the firstborn. Birthright was very important. It was sacred. It belonged to the firstborn. It included the family name, titles, a chief position, a chief portion of the inheritance. But it wasn't just a physical thing. It was also a spiritual position. And Esau sold it. He just gave it away. He, the Bible says he 
despised it. What does that got to do with transitioning into our new season? We can't fully transition into our new season until we truly believe and understand that our value and worth does not come from anything other than God. See, we can have a list. I'm important because. Because I do that. Because I have that. Because they call me that. Because I hold that. And we can have a list. Do you have a list? I'm beca- I am important because of whose I am. The precious blood of Jesus, as Deb so beautifully said, was spilt for me. In my hopelessness, in my fear, in my anxiety, in my intimidation, in my running around to find everything that I could find to try and make myself okay and to try and please everyone I saw, Jesus looked at me and he said, you have value. You are worth me spilling my blood for and I have nothing else. There is nothing else that I have. But that's okay because that's all I need. Esau received his birthright just by being born. He didn't do anything. He just held that position. The only, all we have to do is believe and receive that we are daughters of God. See, Esau despised it. In other words, he thought it was worthless, that, it, that stew was, worth, was of more value. I want to ask you today, have you decided that who you are is not enough? That being his daughter is not enough? When we're living like this, well, for me, there comes a day when God says enough. And I said this to our church last week. I said that there comes a day when we're living in that zone where just being of value because of whose we are is not enough for us. Where God opposes us not because he is against us but because he is for us. Where he says you cannot continue, Mel, with these mindsets because they are limiting your life. And they are keeping you from the freedom that I have for you. And he takes us into the wilderness, not because he's against us, but because he's for us. And if he takes things away, it's because we don't need them. And they are just things and they don't change who we are. They don't add or subtract value from us. So that's one thing. The second thing. So the transition from our wilderness to the gateway of hope. We lay down what we don't need and we believe that who we are is enough. The wilderness is also about surrender. Some of you can't move into your next season of transition because you've laid down and given up. And the enemy is just walking all over you. You've forgotten how to fight. You've been in this surrender space before God 
and you've stayed in that space, in situations where surrender is not called for, standing up and fighting is. It's time to stand up and fight. I had a period of time in my life where, where it was a period of extreme surrender, where things were just taken away. God just took them away because they were too tied to my identity. And I knew it and I saw it and I wanted it to change and I wanted the end result, but I didn't want the process that I had to go to to get to the end result. But I went through the process and at the end I just felt dead. Like, dead. (laughs) You know? Like everything was gone. God took it all away. And if one more person stood up like me and said, you just got to believe for that dream. You just got to, like it was like, oh, stop it. Because I was in a very different space. It was all gone. It was like pouring acid on my heart. I thought, no, I can't go there. I was in that place of surrender before God. And it, and it was good. It was right. And once I was dead, I didn't really want to live again. I mean, I didn't want to die, but <laughs> if you understand what I mean. <laughs> because I, it was just too painful. And then God said to me, now I want you to start to dream again. <laughs> and I want you to start to believe. And I said, you've got to be joking. No. No. No, it's easier for me to live just like this. It's much easier. It's not as painful. But I couldn't transition out of my valley of trouble to my gateway of hope until I started to stand up and believe and dream and fight for the things that God had placed in my heart. They weren't wrong, but there were some things he had to do in my heart so that I could handle them and so that I could do them. And that's what the wilderness was for. It was part of my freedom process. And the enemy had got into that whole process and tried, tried to bring defeat in my life. He tried to, to bring unbelief and doubt and disappointment, like Vicky so beautifully spoke about last night. And I had to stand up and fight him. And I remember, I remember being away on a prayer retreat and I remember literally walking. And if anyone had come up anywhere near me, they would have thought I was mad because I was speaking in tongues and I was walking and I was declaring and I was saying, God, I choose you. I choose you. I choose to believe again. I choose to take that dream. I choose to allow you to breathe life into it again. And I was going and... (sighs) They were the weapons that God gave me. So, you know, when David went to fight Goliath, he didn't surrender to the giant. He didn't give in to the taunts. He, He didn't give in to Goliath's intimidation. He used the weapons God gave him to win the battle. 1 Samuel 17 says he picked up five small smooth stones from a stream and he put them into his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley 
to fight the Philistine. God provided five smooth stones, but David had to pick them up. They were useless to him lying in the stream. But in David's hand, they were powerful and mighty. You have weapons that God has given you, and you need to pick them up. You need to pick them up. God has given you weapons to fight with. And whatever weapon he has given you, if you pick it up, it will be powerful and mighty in your hand and coming out of your mouth. 1 Samuel 17, reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. David picked up the stone and he hurled it. The enemy of your freedom, you can come up guys, the enemy of your freedom is going to fall face down on the ground as you stand and fight with the weapons God has given you. You are transitioning, some of you, into your gateway of hope, into a beautiful new day of freedom. Let's just shut our eyes. I'm going to pray as we finish. Father, I thank you for every woman in this room. I thank you, Holy Spirit. Right now. Holy Spirit. For those who have forgotten who they are, that your amazing love touches their heart right now. For those that need to stand again, for those that have feel defeat. at the enemy's hand, Lord, that in the name of Jesus Christ, they stand with the weapons that you have put in their hand and their mouth, God, and they defeat every enemy of their freedom in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.